Money now goes on the back foot behind point. The Tigers roar again in a final of Bill Reed, but for the first time, it's the women's team. Look at the embrace. Elise Villani and Emma Mannix-Jeeves, the players' team onto the field. A very warm welcome to the Cricket Library Weekly. My name is Matt Ellis and joining me as always, Robbie McKinlay. Welcome back. Welcome back, Matt. And it's uh, great to be back. And well, I'll tell you what, I wish I was in Tasmania because you can hear the celebrations across the Bass Strait, Matt. Euphoric scenes down there at Blundstone Arena. Well done to the Tassie Tigers taking out the WNCL title, the Roof East Trophy. Yeah, incredible scenes down there. And and what a performance to uh, a fairly a, a fairly uh, solid total uh, from South Australia batting first in that one, really asking Tasmania to earn the title. Which they did in style, Robbie. Nine wickets in hand at the end, chasing down eight for two hundred and forty-two. Um, look at let's have a look at this the South Australian innings to start with. Uh, Bridget Patterson and Emma Dubrow doing a good job at the top of the order. Dubrow making forty-eight. Josie Dooley sixty-six. Courtney Webb eighty-eight. And then they didn't quite finish off the innings as well as they would have liked with wickets falling at regular intervals towards the back end of proceedings. Strano, three wickets. Amy Smith, three wickets. Uh, a, a, a pretty a pretty solid total in a final, Robbie. Eight for 2-4-2. And what a, don't forget one of the Cricket Library Weekly's favourites, um, Rachel Priest, three stumpings, if you don't mind. Yes. That doesn't happen very often in an inning. Just a classy performer. Just going back, Courtney Webb, 88, or 78 deliveries, 11 boundaries. One of the best fielders you'll see in the caper. And goodness me, she's such a talented player. Her and Josie Dooley, I've watched them bat a little bit this year, as Emma Debro, And um, they've got a bright future there uh, in Australia with those, with those players in the top order. But um, I think on the, on the wicket, they might have been 20 or 30 short, as it was proven. Because yeah. it was an absolute build of that quick outfield. As well as they did bat, I still think they might look back, Matt, and think, hmm, we had a pretty good start. We were two for 208. They still had five over to go. Probably that's where they lost it, I reckon, that 20. But good credit there to um, the Tassie Tiger bowlers who were able to rein them in. And Sasha Maloney, uh, the off spinner, only took one for 36, but... Goodness me, she's been bowling tight all year. She keeps the pressure on, and Molly Strano. So the off-spin um, between them, bowling 20 overs, going for less than 80 runs, and they take four wickets. It, it's good cricket. Yeah, you'd take, you'd take that any day of the week, wouldn't you, Robbie? And then the run chase was just clinical. Is that is that the way well, you would describe it, Robbie? Uh, was it a, a batting clinic out there from Mannix, Jeeves, and Villani? I can't add to that. Exactly what it was. <laughs> it was and just look, and the, I was so happy for Elise Falani too because Matt, that is her eighth WNCL final, and it's the first one she's won. So wow. you know that, that's persistent. And she comes out, she makes a hundred and eleven not out. You know, Skipper does a great job. 
But what about Emma Mannix G? Young lady has just gradually improved throughout the whole tournament. And what I like about it Matt, is that she's been able to take her game to different levels throughout. A real genuine uh, prospect coming through here. Plays very straight. Uh, reminds me a lot of um, uh, Emma Dubrow, the South Australian yep. I spoke about. But yeah, 104 not out in, a, in the inaugural WNCL title for Tasmania. That is like childhood dreams, that sort of stuff. So well played, Tigers. And, you know, they, they, they hit, I think, something like 20 boundaries for that inning. Uh, sorry, not 20 boundaries. They hit 24 boundaries. They almost got 100 runs in boundaries. And that's just good cricket. That's playing the ball on its merits, Matt. Yeah, absolutely, Robbie. And well done to the recruitment team down there at Tassie as well. They've been building towards this for a little while. Yeah. Uh, Heather Graham, of course, uh, over with the World Cup side. So throw her there in the mix as well. Um, And well done to Sarah Coit, the first player, as I understand. uh, I haven't had... I haven't had the uh, Cricket Library boffins thoroughly research this one, but by my recollections, Robbie, I think that's her third different state that she's won a WNCL title. I, I think I think if we oh. go back through the archives, she would have won titles at New South Wales. She would have won one, I think, at South Australia and now winning one at Tasmania. Yeah. Wonderful achievement, a, uh, a well-seasoned campaigner and and great to see her with the rewards down there and uh, a, a wonderful way to finish the season so well done Tasmania uh, a wonderful finish to the season for them and their very first ever WNCL title so yeah just just outstanding stuff indeed and Robbie while we're while we're on the women's game the Australian yep. women's team they are seven from seven. They're through to the finals. And I think they have what I would call a little bit of a danger game in the semifinals against the West Indies, a, a team that on their day yeah. could could be could be a little bit of a bogey side for the Australians who've been so, so well performed throughout the tournament so far. The only team to go through undefeated the entire tournament. And on the back of Meg Lanning, who has made 10 of her 15 international hundreds batting second and averaging in the 70s uh, batting second as well. And that data provided to us from the Orange Library. Uh, I don't know how Matt at the Orange Library there fits it all in. He's, He's got a few projects on the go at the moment and still takes the time out of his day to to drop us a note with, with little tidbits like that. But, gee, um, it sets up a wonderful final series. Australia taking on the West Indies and South Africa taking on Matt Fiction's England. Uh, any thoughts, predictions uh, coming in to the semi-final stage of the tournament, Robbie? Were you surprised to see India miss out? Were you surprised to see New Zealand miss out? Oh, or yes, is it just a case of... You can't fit everyone in. No, well, well, I'm delighted to see the West Indies in fourth position, Matt. I'm a little bit different to you. Okay. Um, I could name I could name four other teams I'd be more nervous about playing in that <laughs> semi-final. So I, I think it's panned out very nicely for the Aussies, undefeated. 
West Indies have only won three games, mate. Um, they they had a washout. Yeah, against uh, South one Africa. Game. There, yeah, yeah, no, just that might have been fortuitous for them, but um, good on them. I know I can see where you're coming from. Uh, that they're, they're dangerous, but they also can go the other way too. And they, you know, it can be calypso, collapso. Um, so. Oh, I just like the way Australia are going. I am nervous about England. And I want chance to catch up with Matt Fiction, which we'll get to later on. Oh, that, um, yeah. Had a, just, I had a quick little recording with Matty Fiction while you were out, Matt. I, I finally tracked him down. And I was keen, I was, just, I was more keen to talk about the what's happening over in the Caribbean, but he kept flicking on to the World Cup <laughs> because England, <laughs> England have won four in a row. Yeah. And. They just make me a bit nervous, Matt. I'm tipping an Australia-England final. There you go. Yeah, okay. Because I, um, I feel like there are a lot of danger players in that South African team. I, I'm not going to shock you here. Laura Wolvart, uh, absolutely outstanding with the willow. A, a genuine potential match winner in that one for <laughs> South Africa. Apologies if that's a Cricket Library Weekly curse there. Um, and Minion Dupree, um, a wonderful, um, yes. experienced finisher that can, can get the job done. But I do agree, Robbie. England, they know how to win these tournaments. And I'm I'm quietly hoping for a South Africa win, and I'm hoping Matt Fiction doesn't hear me say that, but I, I'm hoping for an Australia-South Africa final. That's... That's what I'm angling so towards I. at this stage. Yeah. So am I. I'm, 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 that's what I, I hope it does go that way. But, geez, South Africa is good. They've got – what they have got, they've got very good depth. I think they've got power depth too, and I think that's what Australia's advantage is too. Mm. And that's what probably cost New Zealand and India to a little extent, although that no ball was certainly very contentious. But, look, I think it's been – overall, Matty, you're – just your thoughts in around the whole World Cup. I think it has been one of the best ever. New Zealand, the venues have been fantastic. The oh. crowds have been good. The coverage that we're getting by the broadcaster is outstanding. So it's, I think it's just all shaping up. We've got three fantastic games to come. Um, well done to the Kiwis. They, they, look, they couldn't get through to the semis, but my goodness, they've been excellent hosts. Oh, they've been wonderful hosts, as you'd expect from New Zealand cricket. And I, I love the grounds over there, and it just looks—it so just looks good on the television. And so do I. Uh, yeah. Very, very enjoyable tournament to watch, and and really looking forward to the business end of the tournament. Although it just means we're closer to the end, which is the sad part about it. But um, I think Australia's real strength, and I, I know I've probably stressed this before, having someone of the calibre of Beth Mooney batting at number five and then you throw Talia McGrath and Ash Gardner in the mix uh, really just yep. gives you that strike power you need to finish off an innings after the opposition have already had to deal with the likes of Haynes, Healy, Lanning, uh, sometimes Perry batting up higher, sometimes Perry batting lower. Uh, it's it's just a really formidable outfit and uh, looking forward to hopefully Australia bringing home some silverware once again. Well, Robbie, you mentioned you caught up with um, Matt Fiction. Why don't, we, yeah. why don't we take a quick break? I need to 
do a couple of things. I've got a bit of research because we're going to talk Sheffield Shield soon. We're going to go back and have a look at the 1998-99 Shield decided between Queensland and WA the last time WA lifted the coveted Sheffield Shield title. So I just need to go and get a few notes together for that. Um, So while I do that, let's have a listen to your chat with the elusive Matt Fiction. <laughs> it is welcome back to the Cricket Library Weekly. It's not the voice of Matt Ellis. In fact, it's myself, Robbie McKinlay. And I got a chance earlier on today to catch up with the elusive, the hard to get hold of, Matt Fiction. And Matt has joined me now. Fiction, where have you been? Hey, Robbie, how's it going? Great to be with you. What a wonderful Women's World Cup it's been. I'm over here in New Zealand and taking in the action. I've been staying at Elliot's house. That's where you are. I have not seen hide nor tail of you the Hobart Test Match. And I know you like that you... Well, normally you do have some involvement in the Cricket Library Week, but you've been hard to get. People have been asking, all our loyal listeners, where is fiction? So I finally got you. And it's great because I did flick through those questions. I'm not sure if you've got them. What we, look, it's great to you. I didn't get any questions come through, Robbie. I was just, oh, told, I I was just told we were strictly talking about Women's World Cup and England and how buoyant I am about their chances. And maybe, oh, and um, Matt Ellis did say if we could just talk a little bit about the book as well. It's going really well. I have heard the book is doing well. I hope you caught the forward, actually. That was a nice little, um, anyway, that's for another time. Oh, my word, that that was was a good forward, yes. Now, just, we'll look, yes, we'll focus on the World Cup, of course. We've just we've been speaking about the semi-finals and what's coming up, Matt. I'm not sure what the internet connection's like over there, but have you been able to catch anything? The Carabina was uh, nil all after two tests, but goodness me, early this morning, um, a ten-wicket loss to the English. Oh, I'm sorry, Robbie. I'm sorry, Robbie. I I think the connection here is not good. I'm having trouble hearing your question. Okay. okay. Yeah. Could you could oh, you repeat the question? Uh, I'm having trouble hearing you, mate. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. I can, I can take a hint. Well, what do you think about the semi-final prospects of the English up against South Africa, Matt? Oh, I think I think England will win. I think they will win convincingly, handsomely, even. You know what? Yeah, so the, Yes. We, we've defeated the host New Zealand. We've defeated Bangladesh. And you're telling me oh, that I should be uh, nervous or we've beaten Pakistan. Why would we be nervous about playing South Africa? We've got four in a well, row. We're on a streak. We're going to take the title home. Back to England. <laughs> Well, who do you think your opponent will be? Oh, that's a good question. 
I've heard the West Indies men's team have been doing quite well. I'm not sure who they're playing against at the moment, mm. but their men's team have had a good series win at home, and I think that will inspire the West Indies women to upset Australia. And you know why? Because why? Because they're going to win the toss and have a bowl. They've been doing their research. They've been listening to the Cricket Library Weekly. They know Meg Lanning scores mountains of runs. Batting second. How about you have a bat first, Meg? How about Meg Lanning has a bat first? How about we see how good she goes then? Hey, 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 hey. Sorry, I'm just getting... Sorry, I'm sorry. Sorry, Robbie. Sorry, listeners. Sorry, I'll calm down. Yeah, yeah, come on. You're better better than that. Look, anyway, hey, look, I'll let let you go. Great to know that you're still upright. You're up and about. Um, There has been a lot of follow-up and concern about where you are. Um, So, but it's great to know the air and enjoy the land of the long white cloud and uh, we'll hopefully rule Britannia. Yes, looking forward to it, Robbie. Uh, Apologies for getting a little excited then. Uh, please let the listeners know they can buy the book, Amazon, amazon.com.au, amazon.com, wherever you get your ebooks from, get yourself a copy. Bye for now. And for our, list- for our listeners, Matt, what was the name of that book? For the Love of Cricket, Haiku Poems Inspired by the Summer Game, by me, Matt Fiction. Oh, there's some other guy that helped me out. I just wrote the Haiku Poems. It's a great read. Thanks, it is Robbie. a good read, and it's great to catch up. Oh, there you go. That fiction, goodness me. Gee, he's a bit up and about. Anyway, the good news is that he's back. He's alive and kicking. And uh, I look forward to welcoming the other Matt back when we join you again on the Cricket Library Weekly. Oh, we are back on the Cricket Library Weekly, and I'm thinking I might need to restore some order here, Robbie. <laughs> I, only, I only caught a little. I only caught a little bit of that. Doesn't yeah, he? He's up and about. That's the best. Doesn't he get up and about very quickly? Yeah. Um. I. Yeah, I, I didn't realise that. that. Um, good evening, Elliot from New Zealand, if you're listening as well. And good evening to our good friend Dylan, who was sporting his Cricket Library T-shirt at the Sheffield Shield last week. I hope he's got more annual leave booked for this week, the Shield Decider. And, Robbie, I thought it would be good for us to go back and have a look at uh, Western Australia's most recent Shield glory back in the 98-99 season. Queensland were the hosts. We're talk- I like where you're going. We're, we're talking March uh, and Queensland, captained by Stuart Law. Very solid lineup. Hayden, Ma, Love, Law, Simons, Foley, Seckham, Kasparix, Jackson, Dawes, Muller. Queensland win the toss bat first. Scott Muller? Yeah. Is that? The famous Scott can't Muller. Can't bat fame. Yeah, that's that's the one. He could bowl. I, I I was a fan of his bowling actually, um, but Queensland yeah. Queensland decided to bat first, probably probably thinking that they only needed to draw the game to lift the shield. So if they bat first and and score six hundred or six for nine hundred like they did another year, 
yeah. then, then they've got the game in the bag. But un- unfortunately for them, they're all out two six five, and the destroyer. This really shocked me. Eight point three overs, three maidens, four for thirty. <laughs> D R Martin. I know. Damien Martin. He picked up the... When you told me that, he got man of the match. I didn't realise he got five wickets in the match. Yeah, he picked up the big wicket of Andrew Simons for 113 off just 116 balls. That was that was a pretty good clip back in the day. Uh, and then, he, to be fair, he did pick up some lower order batters. He, he, he got Casper caught and bowled, Paul, yeah. Paul Jackson plumb in front, <laughs> and then uh, Joey Dawes caught behind. So 265, probably not what they're looking for. Uh, then WA are two for 13 early on with Hussey and Ryan Campbell both back in the pavilion, thanks to Michael Kasperwicks. But Simon Kadic and Damian Martin, bit of a rescue mission. Kadic 115, Damian Martin 85. Then skipper Tom Moody chimes in with 41. And then the real excitement machine, the Julio of Julios, Brendan Julian. 84 from 70 balls, yeah. Robbie. Eight, eight fours and four sixes. That's incredible striking. He could hit a ball. He, he could hit a long yep. ball. And they decided at nine for 425. That might be enough, lads. Uh, Tom Moody called mm-hmm. them in and asked Queensland to have a bat again. And, and they folded like a deck of cards. All out for 129. Only 55.5 overs required. Jimmy Marr did a good job at the top of the order with 58. And then three wickets for Big Joe Angel, three wickets for Long Tom Moody, two wickets for Brendan Julian, one each to Carey and Martin. And the Sheffield Shield went west. Robbie, uh, what a game. (laughs) Now, just go back to that um, Queensland bowling performance. Andrew Simons took four for 83, back up his ton. Mm. I reckon that's when he was bowling fast mediums. He wasn't bowling his spin. No. I reckon he's bowling his fast mediums then, Roy. And he used to hoop it. He used to nip it away yep. a bit. But um, Scott, Scotty Mullen, no wicket for 55. Well, maybe Warney did have something there. <laughs> um, Paul Jackson didn't take a wicket. Stewie Law bowled 20 overs. Let's be honest. Andrew Simons and Stewie Law bowled 44 overs in that inning. Mm. Um, yeah. Then, um, but that's, um, that was old pearl Queensland, eh? Yeah. Great history. Look back in time there, um, Matt Ellis. Well played. Yeah, the game wrapped up at 1.05 p.m. on day four. So yep. a, a, a great finish for WA. Gee, that's a pretty good WA team. Let's just, just go through this WA team. So you've got Hussey, Campbell, Katic, Martin, Moody, Rob Baker. He was a good player, Rob Baker. Yes. Took a um, Mercantile Mutual Cup hat-trick, Rob Baker, from memory. And did from, too. And from yep. memory, from memory uh, I could be wrong here, I'm fairly certain the batter he dismissed to take his Mercantile Mutual Cup hat-trick was that of... ACT wicketkeeper batsman Duncan Breed. I think we're going to need to look that up, but that's something that our listeners can do on our behalf during the week. Uh, Adam Gilchrist, the keeper, Brendan Julian, Joe Angel, Brad Oldroyd, and Sean Carey uh, making up making up the eleven there. So 
Who was 12th men? I'm just going to have a look and see who the 12th men were. I'm trying to think. For this game. I don't know they've officially listed them here. Uh, I don't think we... No, it'd be interesting. Most of the teams, Toss. Look, I don't think there is, Matt. Umpire was Daryl Hare and Daryl Harper. And the TV umpire was Peter Parker. Good old Porky Parker. The great Peter Parker. Yeah, the great Peter Parker. Um, so, little, must have been a little bit of rain about there for a little while. Um, actually, if you look at the yeah, Danny Martin was not out stumps day one and day two, so a little bit of interruption. Oh yeah, no, no. So, so just having a look here. Oh yeah, here we go, Bradley Hogg. He, his, his, Bradley Hogg was top man. And, and here's here's my favourite. Delay on day one. Play was delayed just, until construction work on the new grandstand was stopped. <laughs> was that a case if they were desperate to get the grandstand finished so they could pack in all the Queenslanders uh, for the final? There you go. I'm just sorry. That is that is one of the greatest stoppages of play. That I've seen recorded in Crick Info Notes. Bit... Not, that's as good as I've seen. Yeah. 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 That's fantastic. And Brad Hogg was 12th man for Western Australia. That's how good they were going. And MD Pascoe for Queensland. Oh, I'll, be, I'll be up front. And I don't know a lot about MD Pascoe. I, I don't have a, I don't have a, a little. I've, I've got the, this Refidex of cards, catalogue cards here in the library. And yeah. and MD yeah. Pasco doesn't have one, so I I think I'll make that one. He's of, not on him. No, that'll be one of the jobs. One of the book monitors this week is to get some some intel on MD Pasco, and we'll try and report that back next week. Um, well, hang on a minute, Matthew Pasco, I think it was. Okay. Yeah, he um he was born in Camperdown. He was oh. a right arm fast medium. <laughs> another another um, Queenslander born in New South Wales. Yeah. Oh, that'll do me. Here, he was. Here, he was. He played under nineteen for Australia. Then he, he played at Tasmania. Okay. Interesting code. He only played two first class matches. Wow. And he, and he was twelfth. He was twelfth man in a um in a shield final, a losing one. So there you go. There you go. Well, played three youth tests for Australia. But anyway, that's um that's Matthew Pascoe, born in Camperdown. Yeah, well done, Queensland. You do know how to take... Yeah, you've done it again. <laughs> they, they don't cease to amaze me there north of the border. Now, out with the old, in with the new, Robbie, this year's Shield mm. decider, it's going to be a beauty. Uh, they're playing for the Mark McGowan Cup as well, I think. Um, I don't know <laughs> if that's official, but uh, great to see the gates opened at the Wacker. Great to see the borders open for the players to get across there. It's going to be a good game of cricket. The The word seems to be Boland and Harris will become available for the bigs. I Bix. know. Could you believe it? That's that's a couple of big ins there. Um, what What's your take on how you think this one will pan out, Robbie? Does the home ground advantage uh, mm. give WA enough confidence to lift that trophy? They... They railroaded Victoria in their last meeting. Um, yeah. 
That was a very disappointing display from Victoria in that one. WA winning by an innings and 51 runs. Does Harris and Boland coming in help to rectify that? And if so, how much difference will it make? Well, you're going to get – you'd think Scotty Boland's going to be pretty fit and rested up. Um, yeah, actually, just on Scotty Boland, I would have loved to have seen him um, get an opportunity to bowl in Pakistan, but that, that didn't happen, and that's fair enough too because our, the bowlers did such a great job. But, um, yeah, it, it, it'll be fantastic, you know, Harris at the top of the order, but it certainly does bring him back into it. But I think I still think – Matty, that yeah, that home ground advantage to Wacker will will play in their hands a bit. Then it would be a, a nice result too because they've taken out the Marsh Cup. Mm. Um, I, they've had a big year WA cricket, haven't they? When you look at it, they've got Cam Green's come under. He's now a bona fide Test cricketer, so yeah, it's all looking pretty good for him. Matty, I I think they definitely go in as a you know fairly firm favourite for this one, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and the other the other firm favourite is our friend Dylan being there to to savour it all. Um, hopefully, with his cricket library t shirt on again, that looked absolutely resplendent uh, when I saw that on the social media feeds. Well, Robbie, how about we take a quick break now? When we come back, uh, let's wrap the show up with some discussion around the Australia versus Pakistan series. And the the third test is is finished. And, of course, the T20s and ODIs are still to come. So plenty of cricket still to come over there in Pakistan. And we'll chat more about it in just a moment on the Cricket Library Weekly. We are back on the Cricket Library Weekly and last but certainly not least, what a magnificent series, the Test Match Series between Australia and Pakistan, Robbie, Australia. Only the the third time they've won a series over there and uh, a bold and brave declaration from Patrick Cummins uh, ensuring that the job was done. Uh, thanks to the bowlers backing up that bravery uh, with a, a very exciting test match. Uh, brilliant declaration. Now, I know there was some concerns coming out of the Orange Library about that declaration that um, a staff member thought that maybe they could have, might have opened the gate. I just thought it was beautifully calculated and it came to fruition. You know, Matt, 15 days of test cricket. 15 tough days of test cricket mm. and that got decided in the last session which is brilliant and look hats off to both sides the cricket was out there I loved every minute of it it's one of the most enjoyable series that I've watched on a TV for a long time I just thought it was brilliant I, yeah look the wickets were a bit placid there in a, most of the matches but it made it's test cricket you got to work for a win and I thought Australia's bowling throughout was absolutely brilliant and you couldn't bowl any better than they did. It's just that the wickets weren't that receptive. I thought yeah. Cummins' captaincy was great. The, the batting was pretty good, really good. But above all, I thought the way the game was played, just like it was in the Ashes, and if this is an indication and an expectation when you play under Pat Cummins, how you behave and what's accepted and what's not, we're looking forward a bit of a, resurgence in the spirit of cricket because it is a great example of everyone. 
they were absolutely fantastic. And the final one I'll say about that is how good were the Pakistani umpires? They were they they had a brilliant series. Could not get any better anywhere in the world. Well done, guys. Yeah, absolutely, Robbie. Uh, a wonderful series. Uh, congratulations to to Usman Khawaja. I know this one would have oh. meant a lot for him. He's just been batting out of his skin, runs galore. Uh, and what that would mean to him uh, would be you just feel so happy for him. And I know he's got a big fan down in Orange at the Orange Library as well. I know even down uh, Paul from DAPTO, a huge UT Kawaja yeah. fan as well. So those guys would be be very happy about that. But uh, well, well done to Usman. And we've got the one-dayers coming up, Robbie. I I think this is going to be an interesting one-day series as well. And a bit of a job for Australia to do there. I, I think Pakistan will be tough to beat in the ODIs and T20s, but uh, a really good test for our players in unique conditions. Yeah. Yeah. It's, look, it's, it's probably going to be a bit of a hard act to follow, I suppose. I think it just steps up into a different style of cricket, obviously. Mm. Um, I think a lot of players will really enjoy themselves. They can chill out. I think chance to express themselves. I think you'll see, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, some of these Pakistan players who are very good at this format of the game as well, like, you know, Barbara Azam and these guys. So, yeah, I, and I think it'll be, hopefully, again, it's all played in a great spirit and um, we see some really good cricket. But then we're going to see some a brand new Australian side, which is great. Um, and it provides opportunity. So, I'll, Let's just hope this Pakistan tour can finish on a really high note. It started that way, and uh, yeah, keep keep the momentum going. And just one one quick one, Robbie. Uh, when Pakistan in their first innings lost their fourth wicket at two hundred and forty-eight, were you expecting them all out for two sixty-eight? No, <laughs> no chance. No. I could, just, could not believe that. That was absolutely incredible. And poor old Farwood alarm him. Oh. Um, he, when he got his, he, he didn't get a bat or a ball on the first test, and that was probably his best test. That's for the bugger. Yeah. Because <laughs> I think he averaged eight. Yeah. But yeah. Um, there's some great stats come out of that. I know Matt down at the Orange Library, he, he was just, a fever pitch. He was, you know, some of the stuff he was getting through. Goodness me. Uh, yeah. No, hi, hi. And, and that not the nine wickets shared by um, Paddy Cummins and Mitchell Stark in that first innings, it was the only second instance of Australian new ball pair sharing nine wickets in a test innings in Asia. Oh, wow. They were the last ones to do it. This is good. Jeff Dimmick, mm. the left armour from Queensland, and Rodney Hogg. Oh, wow. They shared nine wickets at Kanpur Test in 1979. That's a long time between beverages. It is, yeah. So, but, but yeah, some of the stats coming out are just absolutely crazy. Like, even if you go back, Matty, go back to that first Test match when Australia were, well, what was it? They they took four wickets for 720-something yeah. runs, you know. The second second worst in, in Test history. <laughs> it just had everything. And then... But Australia still played well. They didn't play bad in that test. That's right. And, you know, a couple of good, couple of good declarations. Yeah, I thought it was great. I, I really enjoyed it. Loved it. 
Oh, I think so too, Robbie. A, a lot of positives to take out of it. And hopefully hopefully it means we'll see more tours of this nature going forward. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Robbie, uh, we need to thank our guest, Matt Fiction. Uh, wonderful that you yeah, tracked him. Did, did, did Elliot put you in touch with him or what, what happened there? How did you get <laughs> hold of him? Are you not, uh, not allowed to uh, reveal your sources? Yeah, oh. okay. I might have had a soft. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. yeah no, however, I wasn't. I didn't know he was in. I didn't know he was in New Zealand. Oh, okay. But I had a tip, or I got, I got given a number. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, it was great, yeah. great, great to hear from him. Uh, and thank, thank you too, Robbie, for being a part of the program. It was great to go down memory lane, uh, chatting about that WA Shield final victory and. Uh, good to know they were able to start the game once they um, sorted out what they were doing with the construction of the grandstand. There, that's um, that's one of the one of the highlights of, of that game, I think, for a lot of Queensland fans. Um, <laughs> oh, brilliant! But uh, we'll, we'll we'll be back again next week. Uh, looking forward to chatting about the Shield final. Looking forward to chatting about the Women's World Cup and the one dayers from Pakistan and anything else that comes up between now and then. And um, from Matt Ellis and Robbie McKinlay, it is bye for now.